friends, welcome. This is it. We have over a decade of episodes unpacking stories and life to help you discover your purpose, your divine design, and what you are wired to do. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt. Please subscribe on YouTube or subscribe to Girlfriend It so we can be in it together. Well, welcome, welcome. This is Girlfriend It. I'm Patty Lynn Wyatt, and I will be your host today. And we are going to be uh, diving into how millions of Americans are approaching retirement over the coming decade. We have the baby boomers. We actually even have uh, the the Gen Xers that are exiting uh, work now, especially now since COVID has taken place. Uh, they might not be retiring, but they are, uh, we're pretty much all working from home. And this is creating a rude awakening. Uh, many long married couples take it for granted that when one of them either retires or now is working down the hall, or you're both at the kitchen counter, uh, some some life happens. And so we have Cynthia Root. Rookie, uh, talking about when quality time becomes all the time and what do we do with that? Uh, how do we make room for each other? Cynthia is a speaker. She's an author of more than 30 books. Uh, she does retreats, conferences, and workshops. 33 years of experiences um, just writing and producing. Well, you also produce the 15-minute daily radio broadcast the heartbeat of the home and Cynthia we were just laughing because it's been a, about a decade since um, I've had you on the show and I believe it was your first book out of those over 30 that you've written I think <laughs> it was right about that time so you've done a lot in the last decade uh, we have a lot to catch up up on so welcome 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 Thank you so much, Patty. Yes, it was a delight to make that reconnection that we talked in the early stages of my authoring career and uh, now have a chance to talk about this book. And yes, a lot of variety over the years. I write women's fiction novels. I write nonfiction and devotionals. This is one of my, uh, this is the nonfiction project that's been on our heart for a while and we've had a chance now to release it. Well, it's an honor to have you on with us so you can share um, what all this research <laughs> as you're looking <laughs> forward. And I, I will say, you know, Girlfriend, it, the reason why it came about is so many women, they're doing life, but they're not they're not really being intentional with what does today look like? What can I do today that'll make a difference tomorrow? And really making your your time count, um, you know, finding you're procrastinating or you're just not living up to your full potential. And sometimes that just sounds so trite. You know, I say, oh, you know, you're created, you're uniquely you with this divine design. And, and we start, that just becomes noise. And with Girlfriend It, we want to go, okay, what is your it and what can you do here where you just kind of tweak it by that one percent of what god intended you to do and and how every day just giving it over to the lord and going what what can i do differently today and now we we've added you know as as a wife without trying to sound sexist here um you 
you set the tone for your household. You're you're doing so much with creating this space that's just cool for people to come into and safe and you're doing it for your kids and for your spouse and sometimes we even have more than just our kids and our spouse that that are in our home and now it's it's become different there's a shift going on here and we can't even focus on our it because we're <laughs> focusing on just the craziness of what is taking place so with all that said um, what happened in your life that you realized, you know what, there, there's a need out here and I'm go, I'm going to partner up with another author and we are going to put pen on paper and put some tips down. So tell us a little bit about what your divine design and how you got to this point in writing this book. It's very interesting that the whole concept of girlfriend it, it has been at the heart of the book itself, because Becky and I were friends and we're both authors. We, we were writing a lot of novels, not necessarily together, but had a couple of novella collections that we'd worked on together. We knew we loved writing together, but more than that, we were each other's safe place to discuss what was going on in our lives. And when a lot of togetherness in the household would sometimes cause a little pinch point or a, a rub point or downright chaos. We were each other's listening board, sounding board, mm -hmm. and often were the person. And this is what made Becky, for me, a Becky Melby, a, a strong and safe sounding board, which was we had covenanted a long time ago that we would be able to be honest with each other, but we would always want to point each other back to God and what God said. So we could be honest about how irritating our husband happened to be at the moment, but we covenanted both to turn back to, well, what did Jesus say about this? Turn each other back to that and covenanted to keep loving each other's husbands and respecting them. Uh, no matter what the particular mood of the day was or what the particular incident that might have stirred us up into thinking, I don't know what he was thinking at that particular moment. I had a real interesting example that happened uh, just today that was kind of the the flip side of when we started to apply some of these principles together, Becky and I, in our individual households that looked a little different but had a lot of commonality. Yesterday I was peeling and um, uh, cutting up apples from what I call our orchard, which is three trees. I think that counts as an orchard. And <laughs> it was going to make um, apple crisp. My husband walks in on the scene and says these beautiful words. I don't hear what I consider often enough, which were, how can I help? And I stood there with my eyes wide and my mouth agape, probably trying to formulate an answer to that question, because in our household, he's plenty busy, I'm plenty busy, and we don't often enough hear that words to one another. So I was getting ready to, to give an answer, which was going to be, it's okay, honey, I'm almost done. I was only, I was making a small project, not a big one. And he looked at me and winked and said, I read the book. So... <laughs> So the joy of that moment was kind of a culmination for us in that idea of if we're applying some very simple principles based in God's word 
for our design, not necessarily for a particular role or a particular um, uh, tradition maybe that had been created long ago, but just playing the principles of being kind and considerate to one another, for one thing, that it changes things. And Becky and I over the years had been watching how it was changing things in our own marriages and our own attitudes. Each of us would go in and out of being on top of things, managing pretty well, despite the crises or the togetherness or the closeness. And then we'd have a season where, or a moment or a day or an afternoon where we weren't handling it as well. And the girlfriend at part was, girlfriend, help me get back on track again. Help remind me who I really am. Help remind me what I'm really capable of doing in changing that tone, just as you talked about. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's interesting. We definitely need uh, our girlfriends. And I think that's a huge tip as we start cohabitating again together with <laughs> that reinventing um, retirement or surviving, you know, retirement. We we think of putting a financial plan together, but we don't think of the too much togetherness plan of, of what can happen. And it, it's interesting because you know, change is constant. What, what's that saying? Um, you know, something about the, the beauty of change is, well, there was, there was one of, you know, the only, the only person who likes change is a, is a baby with a dirty diaper. <laughs> There's the other one with the, the constant change. But I, what I have seen with some of my friends is that maybe one retires before the other, let's say the the female is at home and they're, they shift, so they start adding more chores because they're at at home. And chores is is a is a bizarre word. You just end up doing a little bit more, right? You you end up maybe doing the dishes or making lunches more, you know, for them because you have the time. And there's this shift uh, that a friend was just sharing with me. And now her husband's getting ready, has like six more months. And she goes, I wonder if it's going to go back to when we both worked. And it was more of that equal, you know, you did this, I did that, but now I'm doing more, mm -hmm. um, that shift. And you really have to learn to express yourself and say, you know, this shift that took place, I love doing that because I'm here and I'm available. Uh, but now, like you said, when the, you know, he winks at you, I read the book, it, it's even those words, how can I help? You know, mm -hmm. how can we get back to where you're not doing everything? Because it's, it's hard to, nobody wants to do all of the fun things in the house to, to make the house. I, I, I woke up this morning and I thought, I really need to dust. And then I go, but I'm leaving. I won't be back for five days. So why would I dust? Because in five days, I just have to do it again. Right? <laughs> There's something about dusting that is just not right. It, it, you shouldn't have to do it. I, I used to joke that I would clean when we moved. I'd do a real thorough cleaning anytime we moved. And yes. now we haven't moved for 42 years. So I'm going to have to, one of these days, do a real thorough cleaning. But... But yes, you're right. There's so much of it where everything shifts. It isn't just my career has changed yeah. when retirement comes or when 
my career has changed when I'm working from home or when we decide we're going to run a business from home. Uh, no matter what our age is, uh, it's far more than just the career that changes. It's the atmosphere. It's, uh, it's I'm doing projects, whether they are some kind of work project or it's just something I'm interested in with another presence in the home. And in some ways, it's almost like without being intentional, we're looking over each other's shoulders. We come to that place where we're kind of uh, wondering, where are you going? What are you doing? And rather than having that be, I care about you, so I want to know where you're, it comes across more like someone's watching my every move. That's a part of this that sometimes can be a challenge Mm -hmm. as well. Um, We might be fighting over who needs the Zoom this hour if we're if we're both wanting to participate in something like that who needs the office chair and who's going to be out in the in the family room or doing their work or or all those things are added to this idea that it's not just oh yay we get to be together more but we're together and now everything we face has a togetherness factor to it So whether I choose to load the dishwasher now or choose to load it later, somebody's observing whether I, the choice I'm making, Um, simple and complex decisions and choices like that. So, so it's a, it's something that can't be taken just for granted that it's all going to work out somehow if we're not intentional. And if we're not looking at it also with a sense of humor it's real easy to kind of collapse into some bad relationship habits at a time like that when there's either a forced togetherness or it's a natural part of our our life cycle. Yes. Well, we want to do that happily ever after. That's what we know. Everything is focused on, oh, when we can retire together and we can live happily ever after. And all of a sudden it's unhappily ever after because of exactly what you're saying and it's interesting um my my husband we have been working out of our homes for a couple of decades now um I I can't even remember so it this isn't new for us for a lot of my friends that are now moving into that you know that moxie of life and so we have our our rhythm down because that that's what it is. It's like you said, all of a sudden you feel like somebody is um, looking over your shoulder, and there's a, a, just certain habits that they get into, and you have the same you know dirty little secrets as well of your bad habits. But my my husband, when someone dings, my phone will ding or my phone will ring. He'll go, "Who is that, babe?" And, and there's times when I want to go, "I don't know yet." I haven't looked at <laughs> it's, you know, it's in the other room and it, it, why would that irritate me? You know, and because it's just natural when a ding happens, you look at your phone. So a ding is happening and he's going, who is that? He just is processing it out loud, but it, it's those silly little things where I have, you know, and sometimes I do get snarky back. Go, I don't know until I look at my phone. <laughs> and then you think, why am I being salty? It's just what he's processing out loud. Yeah. Yep, that's true. I think a lot of times when we are when let's say that both 
people are working outside of the home because that's probably far more natural these days, far more common these days than one working out of the home and one working in the home. And then now that has shifted because we're seeing so many more that both are working in the home. But let's go back to a time period when maybe both were leaving for work. We came from a long, long ago when it might be a more agrarian culture in a farming culture yeah or a business culture where the husband would leave the the house in the morning and the wife's domain in a way was in the home for right or wrong that was real common so the wife would kiss her husband goodbye in the morning he'd be gone all day and then she would do all that she had to do which was plenty but she would do it without his observation And then they would come back together at the end of the day and likely at least share a little bit about how did your day go? How did your day go? Then we came into a a time period where even during the couple of the first two world wars, I express it that way, but the first two world wars where uh, the women were having to step into roles because the men were gone, not just for the day, but they were gone across the world perhaps fighting in battles. And um, yes, I'm doing generalizations, but we're just trying to see this pattern of how the pattern itself has changed. And then we came to a place where um, the, the women were, in order to sustain the lifestyle, in order to pay for childcare, in order to pay for all that the, that the children needed to experience too, and, and where the cost of living wasn't keeping up with, with uh, wages, where two people were having to do jobs, perhaps outside of the home, then both were coming home. Nobody was saying, have a great day in the morning, unless they were leaving at the same time uh, for their jobs, then coming back together to home at the end of the day, exhausted, and each of them had their own tensions. Now we're in an even different phase not just with so many people retiring, but also with the the fact that if we say have a great day, we might be heading to different sides of the office when we do that. Or um, we're at home and we we want our spouse to have a great day, but it's going to be in the same house where we already are. So we're not saying goodbye for extended periods of time and then coming back together. So if we're in a place where we're together most of the time and not saying that goodbye with hours in our day where we're doing our own thing, but instead we're in an atmosphere where we may be doing our own thing, but there's another person who's there during that same period of time during the day. What kind of adjustments do we have to make in order for that to be a thriving experience rather than a derailing or a um, or like two children fighting over the last cookie? That's if if that's what we're doing. If we're like two children fighting over the last cookie in retirement years. It's not quite the maturity we would want to apply. It's not at all the maturity we would want to apply to the situation where there are things that are will naturally be irritating. There are things that can be glorious, but we have to figure out how to navigate that so that we're not stepping on each other's toes while we're trying to do this dance. Sometimes that means learning better dance steps. Sometimes it means that that we are uh, practicing 
what we want to see happen so that home can remain or become a haven as opposed to the place we live. Mm, I, I like that, to become a haven, because uh, we really want that, right? We we want that to be a place that, ah, you know, this is rejuvenating. It's, you know, this respite place. It's interesting when you said fighting over the, the cookie. I think of a story of a, a woman at the airport, and she had just went to the little stores there uh, along the, the way to get to her gate and had... Um, bought a package of cookies and she couldn't wait. Her flight had been delayed and she was just going to read her book, open up her cookies and, you know, enjoy, enjoy the people watching. And she sat down, she started reading her book and uh, she goes to put her, her hand there in her cookies that were sitting on the side table. And she notices this gentleman sitting next to her, putting his hand in the package. And she was like, Oh, well, that's interesting. I mean, that wouldn't happen now, right? With COVID, yeah. you would go, oh, go ahead, take them. <laughs> Apparently, I'm sharing my cookies here. And and so he took a, a cookie and started eating it. And then she grabbed a cookie and started eating it. And that, that went on for 15, 20 minutes. And um, there was one last cookie. And she was getting ready to to grab it. And because she thought there is no way that this guy is taking my very last cookie. And that's how we think of, you know, when we're here with our husbands, it's like, no, you are not taking Zoom. I have to have Zoom. And she goes in and she grabs that cookie and he just kind of smiled at her and she, you know, takes it and wads it up, you know, the, the, the end of the wrapper there. And she gets on her flight and she's still just playing this in her head, this negative narrative of, how dare this guy just feel free to have access to my bag of cookies? And she gets all settled in in her seat and the plane's getting ready to take off. And she goes and grabs her lip gloss and she realizes her bag of cookies. Is <gasps> oh, no. I just love that story because it's so true. Like this gentleman was so kind and so generous and was like, yes, take the last cookie. He's smiling at her. And and it's like, if we could all just be a little bit more that way with that approach yeah. to life of yes, yeah. what what's mine is yours. Take the cookie. Right. It's our mindset. Yeah. Sometimes that last cookie is the last nerve. You can't take my last nerve. You can't have it. Um, and and sometimes that's just because of natural stressors in life too. But or the way we handle things and our personalities are different. Yeah. It's really rare for a husband and a wife to both share a real similar personality. Oftentimes, just by nature, we are drawn to someone who might have strengths that are not our own which likely means they have weaknesses that are not our own. So, and my husband and I joke too, that together we make one pretty good person, one pretty good human being, if as long as we're together. But I think one of the reasons you had asked a little bit ago, the motivation kind of that got Becky and, and uh, got me right thinking about writing this book, part of it was because what we were going through ourselves, but part of it, what was what we were hearing from others, that there were so many people that were expressing, I really love him. I have to stress this. I really love my mate, 
But right now, he's just there all the time. Uh, it, initially, it actually came from a plot point in a novel that I had written where there was a woman who was really struggling to, she had lost her job just at the point where she'd raised her kids. She was finally going to be able to step into this career. She had, she knew she had maybe 20 more years to really invest in this career. Her husband had retired early because he wanted to do nothing with the rest of his life. She was the opposite. But just soon after she started her dream job then, the uh, as a teacher, the school board decided that the arts and music programs at the at this private school were going to have to go away. So she was in this mess of now she's coming home to a household and has lost her dream job. Mm. So how is she going to manage this? Her counselor had suggested that she join this hat club. He's home all the time. She thought it was a book club, and it turned out it was a group of women, girlfriends, who were learning how to share tips and tricks that would help them navigate this season, respecting and honoring their husbands, not grabbing for that last cookie, but finding ways that they could navigate this in a very positive way. So that was part of the inspiration in the spark too. And we heard from so many others around us who were saying, he's home all the time. And that phrase just kept coming up. So our goal then in writing the book was to address that and those people we're finding now as the book has just been released that so many are saying, I, I need this book in my hands, but I don't think I can wait the three days for it to arrive in the mail. <laughs> can you help me? So we know there's a need and we're hoping we can address it. Yeah, it's like there might be a murder here, uh, <laughs> not a forest. Uh, could you please get that, get that book? Um, which is which is interesting. Um, and we we are going to have you on again uh, for another episode, Cynthia. But I I would love to hear just a, a couple of tips for those that can't wait uh, those three <laughs> days or three weeks to get their hand on the book. What would be just some some tips, some everyday tips right now if I am looking at my husband going, I love you, I love you dearly, but I really don't like you right now? <laughs> I think part of it is uh, we have to remind ourselves often, uh, one tip is in that moment when we have that thought, reminding ourselves, who is he really? Is he really the ogre? my mind is assuming he is at the moment, or is he really a good man? And if we come back to that, nope, he's really a good man, that helps. Another is to start to look at how many verses in the Bible directly affect this kind of concept. Um, what if I applied the be kind to one another to my marriage relationship not just everybody else who is around me, not just my neighbor. He is my neighbor now, although he's living in my, my domain, quote unquote, my domain. So there are a billion tips, uh, most of which we haven't discovered yet. But that's just a couple of ways that have started that process for us in readjusting our thinking, our, rearranging our attitudes. Awesome. Well, thank you for those tips. Yeah, and thank you for being on the show. We'll talk to you next week. Tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. 
hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com. 